Coming up on this episode of the Goldilocks Zone, we're talking wacky and obscure sports from around the world. We've got volleyball without hands, people pushing over poles, people tossing poles, a lot of poles, and a lot of great sports. It's a fun episode of the Goldilocks Zone, and we're going to start it for you right now. You're entering the Goldilocks Zone, episode number 13, recorded May 26th, 2015. The Wide World of Wacky Sports. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Goldilocks Zone. I'm Sean Jennings, and I am joined by uh, the the captain of this team, uh, our very own uh, uh, MVP. It is Mr. Matt Mariani, sir. Uh, how Got are we my doing trophy right here. Your trophy. Ooh. We are the champion. I shouldn't sing. We'll have to pay the rights, uh, and we can't afford Queen. Um, what's going on? Uh, well. I am all ready today to talk about the most obscure sports that I've ever heard of. And I can't wait to share um, these obscure sports with some of these prospective fans out there. I think think we're going to expose people to something they have never seen before. And that's exciting because we've done episodes like on breakfast food. People know what toast is, right? I mean, we're not breaking new. I think tonight we're going to break new ground. Fine. I think it's finally, that's right. And you know, tonight's episode is another milestone for us. Another one. Yes. This is the first episode that is not a two-parter. Wow. Well, we'll have to see about that. <laughs> because we do have a lot of sports to talk about. That's we? funny. I'm going I'm to jinx us. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, come up with some more sports. Yeah. And speaking of breaking new ground, right? I think that... Um, some of these sports that we're going to talk about here tonight, um, they involve breaking more than just ground. Probably a lot of bones, too. Most of these sports that I found, they are incredibly violent. And I guess listener discretion should be advised at this time. <laughs> For mature audiences only. Uh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. These aren't your, your wimpy NFL concussions. No, we're... We're playing for keeps in these games. Uh, so we certainly appreciate all of you out there joining us. I'll quickly remind everybody, GoldilocksShow.com is the website at GoldilocksShow on Twitter. Uh, you'll get all the links there to everything we do. Uh, before we get to the sports, we've got a follow-up on last week's show. Last week we talked about TV show reboots, remakes, and repeats. Um, and we asked a question. That question was, which live-action television show would be best rebooted as an animated or anime show? Tough question. Not easy, Matt. Did you have an answer to this one? Yes, I did. My answer was Firefly. No, I'm just kidding. I (laughs) I use that answer too much, I think. You'll just reboot Firefly in any format. Any format. Um, No. I actually thought that the best show that would be rebooted as an animation uh, slash cartoon slash like anime uh, would have to be the... um, the uh, the old uh, Emerald Emerald Live cooking show, an animated cooking show, Matt. That is a bold choice. Why? I think that it's something that's never been attempted before with much success. I mean, I, I have actually seen several uh, cartoons, animes, kind of things that had had to do with the cooking. And whatnot, but 
I think if you made an animated version of Emerald live, uh, with the, the, of course with with actual Emerald doing the voice or a very good impersonator who can pass off as Emerald, I think that uh, it lets you get like a whole nother perspective on cooking and on the life of Emerald Lagasse, the exciting celebrity himself. Wow. It could be like, it could be two parts. It could be like one part sitcom, one part slice of life, and one part cooking, informative. Well, and hopefully it would work better than Emerald's short-lived sitcom he actually had. I did not know Emerald had a sitcom. Emerald had a sitcom. It ran for a couple oh years God. right at the height of Emerald Mania. Um, Are you serious? And he acted in it, and it uh, no way. wasn't very good. I... <laughs> uh, wait, when you have an opportunity, go on YouTube and look up... Uh, did he, I think it was uh, just called Emerald. Did he, it wasn't called Kicking It Up a Notch? That's what no. I would call the cartoon. It would be called Kicking It Up a Notch. And, and uh, he would say his catchphrase bam very often well it's his catchphrase he would have to right that's yes that's the idea he would say it perhaps too much yeah man maybe honestly, that's why he said com was canceled maybe he said it too much yeah or not enough you know i think i honestly think that's a really good idea like 10 years ago when emerald was like popular i think it's time so, may have passed you think you think that, that they if they were to make a uh animated cooking series it should feature a different chef uh no i think emerald's the perfect guy i just don't know if you could get it made today maybe today you'd have like a guy a guy fieri no animated show you don't want to see that i don't like him it would just be like really bright flashing colors <laughs> hey i'm guy fieri <laughs> look at my hair oh my god he is a terrible no. human being um Cool. No, I think that's great. Um, I I thought long and hard about this for about thirty seconds, and the the pick I came up with was, um, and maybe it's kind of simple, obvious, perhaps not as extreme as Emerald, but uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I think would make a great animated series. Uh, they kind of did that in one episode a little bit, as sort of a the Christmas episode. Yeah, but yeah. I I think full time. I think that would make a great. I love. I think that would be hysterical. Animated that was actually adult my comedy favorite episode. Yes, I, I think we need more kind of that South Park kind of edgy animation. Um, you know, I think Family Guy and, and those types of shows try to do that. I don't think they get edgy enough. Like, could you imagine like an HBO style animated comedy? Like yeah. profanity and just really, that could be really cool. Because there's just certain things you can do in animation that you can't do in live action. I think that would be great. Yeah. Um, the other thing, too, I think animation is ripe for is sketch comedy. I think if you could get a really good group of actors and writers around a sketch comedy, I'd love to see an animated sketch comedy. Animated sketch comedy. Because then you, okay. you kind of open it up to a lot of different situations you couldn't do on a Saturday Night Live or a show like that. Uh, personally, so, I would, and maybe we'll do an episode on this at one point. I've always been a big fan of Mad TV, um, okay. which I know most people dismiss, but I think was actually sometimes funnier than SNL. Uh, but that's because they did everything pre-taped and they had a lot more flexibility in what they could do. Um, yeah. And I think animation could maybe take that a step further. Yeah. I think I'd like to see that. I think there were, there were, there were even, uh, there were many segments of Mad TV that were animated also. Um, they did the Spy vs. Spy bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. A couple times. Well, and Saturday Night Live had uh, TV Funhouse. 
Yeah. Yeah. I All can right. see that. You think uh, maybe they would do an animated version of um, Tom Kenny's sketch comedy, Mr. TV? Mr. TV? Isn't that what it was called? You mean Mr. Show? Mr. Show. With oh, Bob and David? Mr. Show, yeah. Oh, my Same God. That, well, they're actually, they're bringing that back to Netflix. Oh, yeah, they got they're they're shooting it now. It'll come out uh, in a couple months on Netflix. They're doing uh, yeah. I remember hearing something about that, which I'm crazy excited about because Mr. Show is amazing. Mr. Show, um, yes, but, Mr. TV. But yeah, that kind of edgy edgy comedy, absolutely. And 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 that way he could do the voice of SpongeBob on the animated sketch comedy. There's there's got to be some non compete in his clause that he can't. I don't know. He's he's a pretty big he's a pretty big deal. I think he's a pretty big mover and shaker. I think he he can do pretty much what he wants. It's true. He is Tom, Tom Kenny. Kenny. Who are they gonna Who are they gonna? He's SpongeBob. He's SpongeBob. Who are they gonna replace him with? He gets SpongeBob money. Um, right. Outstanding. Well, wonderful. Uh, good. We'll have a question at the end of the episode about this episode. But we've got to get to our wacky and obs- and obscure sports mat. We sure do. Any sport you'd like to start with? Mm, I would like to start with Quidditch. You want to talk Quidditch? Mm, let's talk Quidditch. Quidditch. Uh, this one's interesting because it's uh, based on a fictional book series, uh, The Catcher in the Rye. You may know it. J.D. Salinger uh, created yes, Quidditch. Easy. Holden Caulfield was a very, very good keeper. Adept. Uh, yes. Um, no, I'm kidding. Of course, Harry Potter behind Quidditch, the the flying broom game. Um, I'll put up here on the monitor for everyone at home, actually, the, uh, okay, well, it's supposed to work, um, some video footage of this. This is why I'm going to try to do this more on the show. Um, it's okay, Sean, I'll grab my broom. Uh, yeah, go it? grab your broom. Where's my broom? Your flying broom. Um, I'm out there. Oh, there it is. But what's most interesting about this is you obviously can't play it on flying brooms because the technology for that doesn't exist yet. Uh, what you're watching here is the World Cup between Texas State and University of Texas, which is a little Texas-centric, but okay. Um, and uh, the idea behind Quidditch is it's it's played very similarly, but, but on the ground. It's popular in many colleges around the country. Um, and you have to get the balls in the hoops, kind of like you do in, you know fake Quidditch. Um, yeah, that's that's really the idea. Uh, taking a, a fictional... I, I was trying to think before we came on the air about another another fictional sport that that came snitch, from a, right? a book. Another was, fictional book. Another, another fiction book that invented a sport. Actually, a little fun fact for the readers. Um, the game of baseball was first mentioned in literary form in the Jane Austen novel, um, I believe it was Northanger Abbey. Uh, The game that was described was a variation on the British game Rounders, and it would eventually evolve into modern-day baseball. So there is some speculation that Jane Austen, famed British author, invented baseball, and not Abner Doubleday, as is commonly believed. So that that's one sport that may have evolved from a book. That's a pretty fun fact. Yeah, it's a fun fact. Another fun fact is that in the game of Quidditch, or at least in the in the Muggle version, the snitch, the golden snitch, is the thing you catch to end the game. But 
obviously, like you said, the technology hasn't yet arrived to give us flying broomsticks. So it also has not arrived to give us flying magic golden balls. Uh, so they have to dress one of the players up as the snitch. He has to wear like a golden penny, I guess. Mm-hmm. And he, he carries like a little flag in his pocket and he runs he runs up and down the field all over the place. And then the, the, the seeker has to actually chase him to catch him and, and, and like pull the flag out of his pocket. Do we have some footage of that happening? Um, I don't know. It would be at the end because if you catch it, you win. Um, That's right. Now well, you point... don't win. You don't win. You just end the game. Because oh. in the fourth Harry Potter book, no, yes, Goblet of Fire, they have the um, Quidditch World Cup mm-hmm. between Ireland and Bulgaria, right? Ireland manages, no, Bulgaria catches the snitch, but Ireland goes on to actually win because they have more points. Now, I think that's just horrible communication on the part of the Bulgarian team. Like, why do you have your seeker catch the thing? He should be chasing it, but then don't tell him to catch it. Catch it, it when you're up points. in points. Right, so, yeah. when you're up in points. The Bulgarian seeker was a fool, and that's, he cost his team the championship. That's sad that you remember that. Uh... Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's taking up very valuable memory space in my brain. But... Yeah, you could be solving the world's problems, but you know the details no. of the of Quidditch. Um, I'm all about Quidditch. All about so I, I just noticed that the clock stopped right in this video that we're watching. Yes. Um, are you, is there is there, oh the the player's getting some kind of penalty? He's receiving a foul. Looks like he may be leaving the game. I didn't know that there were penalties in Quidditch. It's interesting. Yeah, I, I'm honestly not that familiar with the the sort of real life rules of the game. Um, it seemed like it was pretty much no holds bars. Well, there's the what is it the the bludger movies. or something? What's the the bludger is the he's he's like the they're called the beaters, right? Yes. And he carries the bludger is like a big metal ball that is running around the field and it's attempting to injure. I think that guy that gentleman just threw a bludger at one of the players. It's it's like attempting to injure the players. They're actually in the books they're they're made of like steel, so they could really do some damage. But um what happens is the beaters carry these big, large clubs, and they have to smack the bludgers out of the way. I personally, I don't really know why they exist. They, I think the game is competitive enough without them. But I think J.K. Rowling really needed to add some kind of like dra- dramatic element because in the first book, Potions Master uh, Severus Snape he enchants one of the bludgers to go after Harry. And try to like knock him off his broom. It adds some. It adds some drama. I'm not really sure if that's exactly what happens, but something like that happens. Somebody enchants a bludger to try to hurt Harry. All right, I've got the footage here. I guess where they catch the. This is where they they catch the snitch. I believe. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. So you oh, see him in the picture, picture. That that gentleman is the snitch, the one yes. with the golden shorts. I can see that. Yeah, and there he is. Oh, and they got think, him. I think... They got him. I think they got him. He's also wearing a Captain America <coughs> shirt. Oh, wow. I didn't realize... You have to actually take the shorts off of him. Yeah, it's, it's right around the waistband. Like. Very tight around the waistband. I see. Um, 
Yeah, no, I honestly, this, I'm so confused. This doesn't make any sense oh, to me. Um, wearing helmet. And it, and it's really only funny. Um, yeah, I think there they got it. Uh, it's only funny to me because they have to actually hold the brooms <laughs> under their legs as they run around, which is completely unnecessary and adds nothing to the game <laughs> other than a hilarious tradition, visual appearance. John. It's just for um, tradition. Yeah, going back to our forefathers who played the game. Um, <laughs> yeah, so anyway, hilarious. All right. Quidditch, for real. Quidditch. The most unnecessary thing I will never understand, but... I'd like in closing. I think I'd I'd like to I'd like to see a quote. If anybody out there can find a quote from J.K. Rowling about the sport Quidditch, like the real life sport, like I just wonder what her thoughts are on it. If she like endorses it, if she's like yeah. If she's like like wow, I I invented a sport. I am a god. Or if she's more like oh my Get a god. Life. What yeah? What are these people doing? <laughs> playing a sport in this book that I wrote. Like, shouldn't you have jobs uh, or be riding broomsticks? What the hell are they doing? Yeah, that's pretty awful. Yeah, I'd, I'd really like to know. So, tweet us what uh, J.K. Rowling's thoughts are. Or J.K. Rowling, if you're listening, tweet us as well. Yes, J.K. Rowling. Report. Yes, please tweet us. Big fan of the show. J.K. Yes, Rowling. As, as she should be. As she should be. Who isn't? Um, all right, let's move on. Another sport, Matt. What? Uh... Something in particular you want to talk about? Uh, well, I, I went ahead and picked Quidditch. I think that you should have a turn. What's, right. What sport would you like to? Well, discuss? you took one of my sports, so I'm going to take one of yours. I want to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about Botaushi. Ooh, Botaushi. Botaushi, uh, from our good friends in Japan. Uh, here, I'll pull up some video footage. Um. So, uh, Botaushi, what is it? Um, it is a Japanese sport similar to capture the flag. So there's, there's a big pole, right, in the middle of a field. And you got 75 guys on each team, two teams, 75 apiece, run at this pole. And it's your team's job to push the pole essentially over. They say a 30-degree a angle. But basically over. But both teams are trying to push it in the opposite direction. It's really... it's almost like a vertical tug of war in, in some respects. Um, but there's actually like positions you play on defense and on offense. So just quickly, I'll mention um, some positions you might play in this game are uh, pole support. So you're at the bottom holding the pole up uh, barrier. Uh, they protect the pole. Um, you can interfere. So you want to disrupt attacks from the other team. If you're on defense, um, if you're on offense, you are um, you're in the scrum, so actually players will step on top of you to get a higher grip on the pole. Um, it's a very physical, very demanding game. Mm. Uh, yeah, very dangerous game, it seems. From Japan. Uh, it's not played nationally. It's played at the National Defense Academy of Japan, traditionally on its anniversary. Um, it's not like it's a, a league sport of sorts. Not yet, um, it's not. not <laughs> yeah, catching, Japanese, catching the world by they, storm. I wouldn't put it past them. It, it could be a sport. Uh, Next year. Yeah, it's entirely possible. Here, let's let's take a look. Uh, well, see that 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 man on the top of the pole sitting right there. Do you know what he's called? He's the ninja. He is the ninja. Wow, that how is original! His, that is his position title. <clears throat> he's the ninja. But you see just how physical this game is. Um, I mean, people literally uh, uh, just pummeling one another. <laughs> They're not that, quite throwing that, that punches. That red-shirted man just got kicked in the face. Oh, oh my god! Another one got kicked in the face. 
At least they're wearing wearing helmets. At least they're wearing helmets. Well, they don't look very protective, though. No, but see, in Quidditch, they don't even wear helmets. So which sport is more dangerous? I don't know. That oh, that guy doesn't have a shirt on, and now he just lost his pants. Uh, now I believe this could get R rated very fast. I believe what we're watching is um, there are two poles in a single game, and each team has a pole. Yes, yes, that is correct. Um, so you're actually watching one team. Oh, and it looks like the pole is about to the fall here. Flag is up. The flag is up. The white team has won. It looks like the white team has claimed victory over the red uh, team. Yes, because you, you're. I mean, you have 75 players on your team. So you'd like to divide them. Oh, and now the blue team is rushing onto the field. Yes. You want to divide them in such a way that you have um, players defending the, your pole as well as attacking the opponent's pole. And uh, oh, the orange team is now coming up. I, oh. I guess I guess all of the defenders must wear white. Yeah, that would make sense. It looks like no matter which team you're on, the defenders are in white. Are in white, yeah. Yeah, I, honestly, um, and I know, hey, I'm going to, again, recommend everyone at home, check out the video version of the show, because we're going to reference things in the audio version you may not be able to see, but uh, we'll try and describe it as best we can. It's a pretty aggressive, pretty violent game, uh, and I effing love it. This yeah. is amazing. I could watch Why this is this day. not on television? I could, I could use this as a screensaver, for sure. Like, and what's really great about this is, is it doesn't look like the matches take a particularly long amount of time. Like, maybe five minutes no. a piece at most. This no. would be a great, like, quick hit sort of sport. Yeah, um, absolutely. Something I think we're really, uh, we're really missing. Uh, the ninja is apparently the most important position on defense because he acts as the counterweight. Uh-huh. He can actually, like, shift his weight one way or the other and, and, and in that way dramatically influence game well and the the ninja's on a very small platform i mean i i can't imagine that is an easy position to be in the other no positions way. you kind of just have to like shove people and you know be physical hmm. but yeah this is, I, I could watch this i could this is, this a, is i would definitely everybody could pick the blue team or the green team and they could and of course, bring it to the u.s we would strap gopros to everybody and you'd like yeah. be able to see like the, the inside of the They'd be sponsored by Pepsi and yeah, there Apple. would be teams. Have a team. Oh, well, they took the ninja down. They took him down. Wow, I wonder how. Oh, often I guess that that's happens. not a foul. Now they they're without a ninja. And now it looks like the blue team is now. Yeah, the other team. Now, like, sure, why well, can't? Yeah, the other team could definitely do it. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I guess that that's a, that's a viable strategy: taking the ninja out and replacing him with one of your own. I love it. Yeah, very entertaining sport. By the way, the term botaushi literally translates in Japanese to pole bring down. <laughs> Love it. Pole bring down. Literal translation, pole bring down. I think if it comes to the US, that's what we have to call it. Pole bring down. The the the, the super bring popular sport. The... And then you can have like uh, you know, a uh, college NCAA pole bring down and and P P pole bring down. Bring down. Like the like the XFL, you'll have the X P B D L. Oh, I'm I am all about it. And and thank you for that great XFL reference. That should have been one of our weird sports we uh we <laughs> That picked. was a really weird sport, yeah. Yeah, there's a right, right under our noses. 
Yeah, there's a wow, man. What's the name of it? There's a real. I think it's long, long game. There's a really great book about the XFL if you're ever curious, because um, mm. it is a fascinating story. Um, cool. So Botoshi, um, see it in a Japan near you. Um, very cool, Matt. Do you have a sport now you would like to discuss? Okay, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and take my. This was my my first choice here. My first favorite sport. Um, first favorite bizarre sport. The first thing that came into my mind when we decided on this topic of bizarre and obscure sports, it's a sport known as Sepak Takra. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's a sport that originates out of Malaysia. Um, I guess the best way I could describe it is like a mixture of volleyball and soccer. Yes, there it is. Now, about this sport, I, I actually watched an entire tournament on television one time. It was on ESPN really, really late at night. I remember I was, I was, I was only a wee young man, uh, and I was homesick from school, and I, I, I had a fever, so I was staying up really late at night. I think this was on at like 3 in the morning, and I just could not stop watching it. I'm not sure if it was the fever itself that was making me... Uh, unable to turn away and look you got a woman's uh, women's teams competing as well so it's a, it's a it's an equal gender opportunity sport looks like the watermelon team just scored a point over the black team uh yeah i i get the only thing i really know about it is that it's volleyball but you have to use your feet yeah, so uh, basically the the very similar to volleyball, you can't you can use your feet, your knees, your chest and your head to touch the ball. Um that's really the the sort of three players to a team. Um I mean there are all kinds of rules it dates back to the 15th century. Um it's certainly been around for a long time. There are leagues in Canada, Japan. Um they you, there are teams in the US, uh not in any sort of we we compete in the world championships of the sport so that's good um but yeah i think um i think it's really really interesting i think it's kind of like a highlight i think is kind of a parallel where it's like a a globally recognized sport Mm. that the u.s just has not like the metric system has just chosen to ignore um, like the metric system. Like the metric system. Um, I, I mean, I'll tell you, I think this is like, I am so all, you're telling me ping pong is an Olympic sport, <laughs> but this is not. Oh, wow. This is a sport that requires each team, every time they have a ball, to do an awesome windmill kick. Look like, at that. Is, like, every time you have the ball, Whoa. to get a, you have to windmill kick. Wow. Like, talk about high energy. And not only do you have to you have to make the kick, but you also have to land it because if you don't, you can seriously hurt yourself like, on, the, on the way down. When you retire from the sport, you probably have broken your wrists about four or five different times. Oh, absolutely! Because all your you're wrists, doing is your crashing. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's for me honestly, this is more exciting than volleyball simply because it's you have more diversity in what because if it were like only your feet but it's the feet the knees the head it's really any part of the body that's not your hands um it's kind of like vertical soccer um in, in a way and i am all for that 
Yeah. This is another sport that I, I would watch on a daily basis. I would, I would program my DVR to tape some suck puck raw games. <laughs> I would choose a team, preferably the watermelon color team with the pink top and the green bottom. Yeah, they were and pretty great. I would, I would support them and like buy their uniforms and merchandise. So, I mean, like, let's get this game to the U.S. At least let's get it in the Olympics. I agree. It's been a formal sport since the 1940s, so it's not new. Uh, And it's a regular sport event in the Asian and South Asian games. Um, Yeah. So it clearly was sponsored very well. As you saw in the video, there were a lot of sponsors and companies that were willing to put up money. See, as you can see, I think it's Fashion Fashion Island. Island. Fashion Island is a big sponsor. The lead sponsor is Chang, also the ever popular Chang. Yep. And that one is written in some kind of Thai language. Some foreign language. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, this is this is uh, this is fun to watch. <laughs> now, could I ever? But I think you know when you know we talk about how we quantify our opinions. But I think part of this opinion, this conversation, should be amateur. Because any good sport in the U.S. you can play as an amateur. You can play basketball as an amateur. You can play football as an amateur. Uh, you can play Quidditch as an amateur. Um, but I don't know if an amateur could really play this game with any amount of skill. Mm. Like, it would just be... I feel like you have to be pretty good to not hurt yourself playing this. Yeah. I, that, I totally agree. I don't, I don't think this is the game you could just pick up at a park and start playing. Yes, exactly. I mean, this is, this is the U S is a nation where cornhole putting a bag through <laughs> a hole is like a national pastime. So yeah. this one, you need some, you need a lot of skill. This you is definitely need a lot of very skill. Legit. For this one. But the rules are very simple. Oh, it's, it's literally just volleyball, but you can't use your hands. That's the whole concept. And that guy has to stand in the circle when he, when he returns, when he serves the, the ball and i think it, this is a sport made for the slow-mo replay you're gonna you're gonna really get your money's worth out of that replay machine on this one yes definitely you're gonna have a lot of a lot of balls on the line a lot of balls close to being out of bounds that you're gonna have to review for yeah. sure watching this just makes me mad that tennis is a thing but this isn't that's, yes. that's a crazy world this is good pick matt uh all right we've got a time i think for depending on how long we talk one to two more sports um i believe it's my turn to pick um and we are going to talk about caber toss are you familiar at all matt with caber toss i am not and why aren't you? Probably because you're not Scottish. Uh, yes. It's a traditional Scottish, Scottish athletic event. The only reason I know about this is because this is one of those ESPN2 at 2 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon sports. That it's like the great Scottish games on ESPN because we have nothing else to air. Um, it's called Caber Toss. And essentially what they do is competitors toss, toss a large tapered pole called a caber. It's what they toss. Um... Typically, 19 feet 6 inches, and each one weighs 175 pounds. These are big. Um, the, uh, the objective is you want to toss it up and have it flip. So, so the 
part that's on top when you're holding it and you toss it needs to land down. And then where it lands, so it has to do a 360, where it lands based on a clock is how many points you get. You want it to fall perfectly straight back. Ooh. And if it falls at one o'clock, two o'clock, like a clock, then your points change based on that. Um, and you get points depending on how far you throw and uh, where it la- what angle it lands on. Um, let's see if we can find some video here to explain this. Um, so ideally, you, what you want to do is you want it to land, I guess, at the 12 o'clock position, if I'm hearing correctly. Yes. So you want it to land perfectly straight up. No, no, flat on the ground, like a flat. Oh, so you're, it just—it's not going to land up. It's going to land flat. Okay. Yeah, so you want it to land perfectly flat, but perfectly like aligned to where you're standing. Because because when you throw it, it's vertical, and you're holding the bottom of it. You essentially yeah. want it to do a full flip and then land on the ground. So you're going to chuck it. It's going to land, flip over, and then and then fall on the ground. It, it's got a lot of hefty Scottish people out there. Oh yeah. Well, 175 pounds. These are these are not light. Oh. Um. Okay. And you, you, you get a running start. <laughs> I can't believe he's lifting that thing up. Uh, this is oh, like yeah, it's heavy. Some kind of optical illusion. And, and you get a bit of a running start. And you chuck it, and you see yeah. it. No, see, and... Now, that was a failure. It should have kept going over. Yes, that wasn't very good. It was not. Uh, let's okay, see if let's we can see skip this, ahead here. This man with no sleeves can do it. There you go. That, that is a, a caber one. toss. Now, but you see, caber. it didn't land straight. It landed kind of turned a bit. Okay, so he um, won't get the full amount of points. That is correct. Will, I think he will score. And he something. didn't throw it very far either. So you want to, um, of course, this is just like some local group. These are not professionals we're watching here. But um, mm. I just love these sort of old timey. Like, are for, you know, kind of like when they do, um, if you've ever seen on ESPN, like the outdoors games where it's like, who can saw a tree the fastest? And oh, the lumberjack game. The lumberjack You know, I love those kind of sports because they're just so simple. You know, we talk yeah. about uh, a rule, uh, some of the sports that are popular today, like baseball and like uh, football, where there are just rules and, and, and challenges and replays and these sort of sorts where it's like, I'm going to pick up a big effing log and I'm going to chuck it as far as I can throw it. Yeah. Some of these and, guys and, are really and terrible. And I'm going to see who can throw it farther than me. Uh, yeah, it's a very simple concept. Right. Much like much like we saw with Daotoshi. Yeah, it's just physical. It's, it's just run a at pure that physical sport. Take it down. Yeah. All right. Now, YouTube claims that what we're watching here is the perfect 12 o'clock caber toss. Oh, I'm excited. And you see it falls Whoa. straight back. Perfect. Perfect. Um, yeah, so I, I... The problem, I think, with caber toss is it is not a TV-friendly sport. I know because I watched it on TV, and it is not built for that. Um, no, it seems very slow. Well, it's very one and done. Yeah. There's no t- sort of team. There's no sort of... It's kind of like World's Strongest Man, if you've ever watched that. Um, yeah, or the arm wrestling. Arm wrestling. It's kind of like, it's not really built for a mass audience. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, I think it's kind of a, just a weird and wacky sport. There's a lot of, in the in the Scottish games, um, there are the, the Scottish Highland games. Uh, they actually have a number of different 
events, um, including the caber toss. There's the uh, uh, the hammer throw and weight throw. There's the uh, sheaf toss, which if you've never seen the sheaf toss, let me let me put on the sheaf toss here. Um, but the uh, sheaf toss, what you do is you have a um, a pitchfork um, that you no, that's a YouTube ad. I don't want to see your ad. <laughs> you have a a bundle of straw on a pitchfork, and you have to throw it over a high bar. It's essentially just like chucking it um, as high up as you can. It has to go over a bar to to score, and then you keep raising the bar, and whoever can throw it the highest um, wins. Oh. Again, really simple, very straightforward. Um, a lot of these sports have to do with Scottish people throwing things. Yeah, and using like equipment you would find around a farm. All right, this is a world record here. Wow. How heavy was that thing he was holding? Um, well, that one specifically I can't vouch for. According to Wikipedia, uh, 20 pounds for the men, 10 pounds for the women. So that's a lot of weight to... It's a lot to throw that high. To chuck. For sure. Yeah. So, Scottish yeah. people are good at throwing things. Yeah, they're, they're simple sports, but they're good sports. So mm. um, that's that's caber toss. Uh, Matt, we can do we can do one more sport. Is there Ooh. is uh, if you'd like, uh, is there one uh, you would like to talk about? Mm. There was one more. Now, see, I'm going to throw you for a little bit of a loop here. There was a sport that I was trying to research. I could not find the name of it, but it's it's popular in, I think, Eskimo tribes. It's where they start, like, they grab each other's ears and they pull them as hard as they can. Do you think you could find that sport really quick? Uh, is it called Ear Pull? Yes. A traditional Inuit game which tests the competitor's ability to endure pain? That's the one. That's the sport. Let's look up some videos of the ear pull. Let's do that. In the ear pull, two competitors sit facing one another, their legs straddled and interlocked. A two-foot-long loop of string, similar to dental floss, is looped behind their ears, right to right, left to left. Uh, and then they pull uh, until the cord comes free or one player quits from the pain. So essentially, you've got these two ropes behind your ears, and you're pulling each other like tug-of-war style. Um, yeah. Now, some say it causes bleeding and stitches. Um, it is part of the World Eskimo Indian Olympics, which is a thing. Um, now, Matt, you gave that outstanding uh, disclaimer at the beginning of the show. I think it will never be more um, more apt than on this video. So, viewer discretion <laughs> is advised. Uh, let's take a look. Oh, these are just photos. Well, come on, YouTube. YouTube. Man, there is, a, there is a lot of crap on YouTube. There is a lot of crap. Including um, our podcast. Here we go. Ear pull contest. Is this the video? Okay, here we go. We just missed those guys in a lot of pain. Oh wow. Now this is this is one of those sports where I just I don't understand. Oh why, why would I mean I understand oh. actually I believe it, it dates back to um, actually women used to compete in it to prepare each other for the pain of childbirth. Okay, I buy that. That's, that. That came up in my research. Oh, my God. Oh. Why would anybody... But why would anybody willingly do this to themselves? But it's that, not even like... This is like, this is why I have a problem with tradition. 
Some traditions are meant to be kept. Others are not. This is not. Like, back whenever this is from, um, it makes sense to me because they probably had – they were Inuits. They probably had string and and nothing else to do with their time. Um, You could rip someone's ear off doing this. Very easily. I'm surprised we haven't seen one come off You don't have to keep doing this. You can stop. (laughs) I can't imagine it's it's a lucrative sport with like corporate endorsements. You you're not going to make a lot of money doing. I don't know why you would do this. No, it it, it, it you're just sitting there and, and and sharing pain for a prolonged period of time. Either one of you can stop the pain, but you both choose to go through with it. Look, he's going to do it again. Yeah, but you got to do the other ear. You're going to you do gotta... the other. Ear. Oh my god. <sighs> Now, to be fair, on things like World's Strongest Man, I've seen, you know, the, the them pull heavy objects with, with parts of their body and, you know, do do things like that. So th- this is what I would call a torture sport, and they do yes. exist. Um, but they are very uncomfortable to watch. Uh, very uncomfortable to watch. We'll, we'll, we'll watch this match, and then I think we'll move on. But, oh, my God. God, look at his ear. <laughs> his ear just scrunched up. His ear pursed. Again, this is a sport like, I would not want to be an amateur at. No um, way. This is a sport I would die. not want any part of in any capacity um, whatsoever. Ever. Not even for charity. Matt, do Maybe. you want to... Here we go. We'll end, we'll, we'll end this segment on this note. Do you want to know the other sports uh, considered Inuit games? Oh, I sure do. All right, there is head pull, where two people lay belly down on the ground, pull each other's heads, and try to move the opponent across the line. The game is played with a loop placed around the competitors' heads as they face each other. The loop is above the ears, and the game becomes more difficult the higher the loop is placed. Okay, so they basically just, they're pulling in each other's hair. Yeah. There is uh, a game known as Frozen Walrus Carcass, which I don't think they probably play anymore, involves a person in the center of a ring of people trying to remain stiff as he or she is passed hand over hand around the ring. The person who drops the frozen walrus carcass or the person then becomes that person and is then passed around the ring. Wow. And lastly, a sport known as two foot high kick. Um, Athletes must jump using two feet, touch a hanging target with both feet and land on both feet, maintaining balance. Uh, this picture, I think, will give you a good idea of uh, of what I'm talking about. Um, you see, the person has to jump. Both feet have to touch this hanging uh, ball that's hanging from the ceiling. And you have to land. Now, that is an interesting test of athletic ability. Yes. that All right. Of, of all of the ones, all of the Inuit games we've named, I, I, can, I think that that one... I can maybe see myself doing. Like, I'd like to see that at, like, the NFL Combine. You know, like, they have the vert jump to how, like, I want to see the two-foot hot, the two-foot kick. Um, yeah, that's a good test of endurance. The other ones are just, like, incredibly painful torture events. The, the men's record in this event is 8 feet 8 inches. The women's record is 6 feet 6 inches. So, mm. uh, a fun fact there for you. Wow. So basically what we've learned today is that 
the when it came time to choose sports, the Inuit tribes must have picked last. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, it is very regional because you think about it. We talked the the Scottish had very simple games. The Inuits had very simple games, and then you go to 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 Asia where you have these very kind of uh, complicated, action packed games, um, mm. and then you come to America where you have uh, stupid college kids playing Quidditch and eating. Contests. Yeah, competitive eating. eating. We really should talk. I could talk for a whole show eating. on competitive eating. We could do a whole show. Oh on my god! Eating. I th- I think we should do a show yeah. where we where we competitively eat against one another. Oh yes, our own like live eating contest on air. That that would be cool. I bet that's never been attempted before. On a, I yes, I have a feeling that's Skype. Yes, probably. Mm. But we can do it better. We can always do it. Or better. at least more embarrassingly. Uh, very good. Well, that's it for our weird and wacky sports episode. Uh, but we got to leave everybody with a question this week. Matt, that question is, which of these discussed sports would you be best at? So we covered uh, a lot of ground here. We talked Quidditch. We talked uh, Caber Toss in the Scottish Games. We talked uh, Sepak Tekra. Uh, Botoshi, uh, and uh, Earpole and the Inuit game. So of those, which would you be best at? We want to hear your opinion. Tweet at us at Goldilocks Show on Twitter. Uh, you can email Show at gmail.com and post on our Facebook wall, facebook.com slash Show. Uh, it's all happening at our website, goldilockshow.com. I think that's pretty... You just got to remember Goldilocks Show. I, I kind of use that everywhere. So if you can remember that, you can pretty much find us on any service. See. Uh, and Matt... Uh, I have a mini announcement. Mini announcement. A mini announcement. So um, if you have subscribed to the show via RSS, and I really uh, think you should because I think it's great when you do that, um, you've been getting the episodes delivered to you or you've been to our website, GoldilockShow.com. I am tweaking how our shows are delivered. So you at home, uh, I will let you know in another week or two when this goes into effect. But uh, Goldilocks Zone, uh, GoldilockShow.com will still exist. But you will be able to get all our episodes, and our RSS feed will be powered by SoundCloud. Matt, are you familiar with SoundCloud? Oh, I am familiar with SoundCloud. Yes, SoundCloud is a wonderful service. I'm very happy to be uh, using it. Uh, the website service we were using is great. GoldilockShow.com will continue to exist, but the shows are going to be hosted uh, and distributed via SoundCloud. You can now go to our SoundCloud page, SoundCloud.com slash GoldilockShow. Um, and get our episodes there. Uh, I will let everyone know when the RSS feed updates. Don't worry, it'll all be pretty seamless. Um, but just letting you know, you now hear it. Get us on SoundCloud if that's your your player of choice. I am very grateful to be hosted on SoundCloud. Thank you, SoundCloud. Thank you, for SoundCloud. Money. All hail please. the SoundCloud. Money. All least... hail the SoundCloud. <laughs> the cloud of sound. Uh, yes. So get excited about that. Good. Matt, anything else before we wrap up this week? Uh, Before you go anywhere or do anything, it is always important to remember one thing. Before you play Quidditch, wear a helmet. Wear a helmet. That's right. And really in any of the games we've described tonight, you should probably wear a helmet. Or at least like elbow pads or something. That's That's very true. Before you attempt anything, really, yeah. you should probably at least have a helmet. Safety first. Uh, and I will tell everyone out there, Matt, I th- I think we know what we're going to be doing next week. You think so? Yes. The, the, the show concept I know you were super excited about, we've pushed off a couple weeks. It's about time we did a 
out that what I call an out there episode, where we take a very broad topic and just pick a thousand things in it, like we did with breakfast. Next week, Matt, what are we going to do? Oceans. Oceans! Next week, Matt and I are going to come up with a list, Matt. Let's say uh, 12 things apiece. Um, we're doing it rapid fire style, and we are going to just anything to do with the ocean. And we are just going to go through them quickly, give our opinions, oceans. render the oceans. verdict. Oceans. Get excited for A little for bit of a uh, teaser. The Atlantic Ocean is highly overrated. Oh my god, that is controversial. We're going to get some fan mail on that. So yeah. uh, get psyched for more Stick controversial thoughts that. like that next week uh, on the Goldilocks uh, Zone. Uh, on behalf of Matt, I thank you all for joining us tonight, and we'll see you next week for a great discussion on oceans. But until then, good night.